Welcome to the Journey of a Misfit with Valerie Hayes and Katrina King. How can I not be judged when your spirit's in this place? How can I not be moved when you're when you're around me? Hey, welcome to Journey of a Misfit. This is Valerie Hayes, and I'm really excited because I have two special guest today. One you already know and the other I'm going to introduce to you, but please be praying this week for uh, Katrina. She is out. Um, she's got some medical issues and just needs some prayer this week. So if you um, if you could just pray for her, that would be fantastic. So Randy's going to sit in for, for her today. So Randy, how are you doing? Here's my thoughts. You know, my guys get me in trouble because they, oh, here comes the voice of Wright City. And you know how I feel about that. So Valerie, I've nicknamed you. Yeah. The voice of Warrenton. So this is where two worlds collide. The voice <laughs> yeah. of Wright City and the voice of Warrenton. And I believe an upcoming voice from Wentzville. Okay, so we're and almost... And beyond. Yeah, yeah, we're encompassing the whole Westplex zone. The voice of the Westplex, the three amigos right here? Yes. Wow. All right, well, okay. I know you all are excited to know who's here. And I, I have to be honest, um, I'm, I was geeking out a little bit when she said yes. Um, so Jane Patton is here. It's a triple threat. The W's, three W's, Wright City, Warrington, and is, oh, nice. Yes. And I'm excited because I know a, a little bit about um, your ministry mm-hmm. and a little bit about your, your story, but I just really would like to know more about your story. So um, Jane runs a, an organization called Altered Ministries, which just became a nonprofit, correct? It did, yes. Yeah. We're super excited about that. It took about a year to happen, but it's there's so much that goes in from mm-hmm. switching from a business to a nonprofit, but we knew that nonprofit was always where the Lord was leading us. Um, and so it just took about nothing. It's so funny. Some things in the Lord, some things with the Lord seem to go very, very quickly. And other things are like an oak tree. They take a very long time, mm-hmm. um, but both are always worth it. Right. This one was just one of those growing things. And doesn't it, it seem like it takes forever and then it doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're I like, know. whoa, slow down. Wait, what am I supposed to do with this now? <laughs> right. You know, that's kind of where I'm quick. at right now. Yeah. 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 That's exciting. That's good, though. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Um, Thank you for we, having me. Um, we had the opportunity to hang out a little bit at Faith Fest and yeah. get to know each other a little bit better. And yeah. I mentioned you coming in and doing the radio show podcast, and you were like, yeah, let's do it. I'm excited. Yeah, and then you, first of all, I want you to talk about your um, your event that you've got coming up. Um, let's see, that would be next weekend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You talk so, about that? Right. So it, this is just funny. Um, if, stepping back just a little bit, sure. um, I started doing prison ministry. When was your 10-year anniversary here at Misfits for Jesus? When was that? Was it two years ago? Two it years ago. It would have been ago. two years ago. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been a longtime friend of Misfits yeah. for Jesus, and um, I'm in a lot of different churches prior to even launching Altered Ministries. Um, you know, you just get people just know you. I've just been around Wentzville for many, many years. And so, um, and of course, my dad's a pastor, and he's been around for many years. And so people began to hear that Jane, you know, teaches the Word of God. And so, anyway, so I've been in lots of different churches, but when I came to Misfits for Jesus for your 10-year anniversary, um, and anybody who comes to Misfits will leave changed. That's all mm-hmm. I can say is that anybody who comes here, um, the air is different here. And I, since I'm in a lot of different places, I, 
I can tell where the spirit of the Lord is. Like you can walk into some churches and they are dead and I'm not trying to offend anybody, but there is a difference where the spirit mm. of God is manifesting himself mm. and he does it here. He does it at Faith Chapel. I'm just going to talk about them for just a minute, but there are different places that I can walk into and it's different. Yeah. Um, and I came here for the 10 year anniversary and there was something different here and I would, I would look around and I was sitting in the back and I was watching the way some of the people were worshiping and, and that when people know to the extent to which they have been set free mm -hmm. the way that they worship is different than yeah. somebody who thinks well isn't god lucky he has me on his yeah. team now yeah. do you know what i'm saying yeah. like there's mm -hmm. there's just a difference wow. and i would see people worship and I, and I thought there's something different about them and then whenever like people i think different people were talking i'm not sure who was preaching there was something going on but i remember people getting up to take a smoke break in the middle like we're gonna be right back we're just gonna go smoke for a hot second and i'm like like who does that in church you know and but but there was such freedom, yeah. you know, for people just to come as they are. Yeah. Um, and then I began knowing just a little bit about them. I know that you guys have Celebrate Recovery here and you're really ministering. Like there, mm -hmm. people think ministry is like, yay, it's like everybody's happy and we're just praising God. Real ministry is going out and helping people who have no place to go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And giving them food and giving them water and giving them shelter. There is a weight to ministry. Mm -hmm. There's a weight that it's a heaviness. I think not everybody should not everybody should, should desire it and just know that you're called to it. Right. Cuz mm -hmm. the weight that comes with mm -hmm. it That's it's, good. it's hard. You yeah. know what I mean? But 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 you guys are doing it. You're doing it. And so I began asking questions and I found out that some of the people that are coming are freshly released offenders mm -hmm. out of the prison mm -hmm. system, you know, and maybe they've in and out of rehab so they're coming from halfway home so that you know, just and I was like, "I I want to be a part of that. Mm. How do I get to be a part of that? And God just God does that though. He he exposes you to new things. Yeah. And then all of a sudden your heart starts to race and you wonder could this be a part of what I'm a part of? Could this be part of my story? Mm -hmm. That how God wants to use me here. And at making some phone calls and I um, partnered with Beauty for Ashes, which is a uh, prison ministry in the I go to I only I, I am very very clear about this and I'm very focused on this. I minister to women. Mm -hmm. I minister to women. I'm not called to minister to men. Mm -hmm. And um, not that God couldn't use me for to deliver a message right. to a man, but it, I know specifically I'm called to minister to women. And mm -hmm. so I started doing um, prison ministry because of what I experienced here and God just beginning to develop that in my heart. Um, and the more that I did prison ministry, the more I could see that there were women that were more free behind bars than mm -hmm. women that are inside the churches that I'm yeah. ministering at. And it's so true. I began, so it was driving back and forth and I do prison ministry with another gal and her name is Jessica and, and we would drive back and forth in the prison and we're like, how do we get the freedom? How do we mm -hmm. express and teach the kind of freedom that these women have found in prison to women that are sitting That's in the good. pews, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, and then God just laid altered on my heart because people are altered at the altar. Mm -hmm. And people, the tagline for our ministry is that women are transformed in the presence of Jesus because mm -hmm. Jesus is in the prison and women are being transformed. Do you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. you can walk, you, you just gotta be with Jesus. And so we're like, I was like, I wanna do, and I also learned this, I know I'm kind of rattling here, but I've learned that people often minister in ways that they were ministered to. So um, I grew up going, when I gave my heart and life to Christ, I went to every women's conference I could find. You know what I mean? I went to every women's Bible study. So. So teaching and proclaiming, declaring the way I do ministry, doing conferences makes sense to me because that's the way that I was ministered to. 
Um, and so I was like, we should have a conference and we're gonna, it'll be called Altered because God wants to completely transform women's lives, you know? And, and we're like, yeah, let's do it. And so we held our first one last year, 2017 yeah. at um, Crosshaven Church. Um, it was convenient because my dad had a, had, a, had a position with them. And this year we will hold three conferences and one will be in the prison in December, wow. the first time ever. That's kind of a big deal. We're really excited about That's that. Cool. But our next one, yeah, is next weekend. And it, it is, we're at over capacity. We have 175 women coming and it's amazing. Yes. And you're gonna provide music for us at the bonfire, Damn. which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's excited to have you. I'm excited to have you. <laughs> So anyway, and it's really sweet too because Creekside, have you been there before? Mm-hmm. They're excited to have you because wow. they're like, oh no, we had her because I was t- we were talking about you the other day and like, oh no, she came and spoke at something, but yeah, I'm yeah, like, oh you know her, yeah, I did. It's gonna be so good. Yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and it's it's an honor. It's it's an honor to, to partner with you and do that. And wow, I'm we're like, all together. Yeah. This is kingdom relationships it doing is. kingdom jobs. Yeah. You know, it's we all are meant to work together. Yeah. If if it's working right. We're doing it all together, mm-hmm. you know, if it's working right. Well, and I think that's I think that's hard, and I don't know if men do this or not, but I think in women, you know, there's always such a spirit of comparison, mm-hmm. you know, and, and God has out. been really good to heal me of that. Good. Yeah. Um, for a long time, when I would look at ministries, I would be jealous and I would be envious, and what are they doing, and da-da-da-da, you mm-hmm. know, and, and um, boy, he just totally removed that from me. Yes. And that was so freeing because that's when I first started my organization, it was like this spirit of comparison was over me all the time. You need to be like compassionate. No. You, need, yes. you know, and, yeah. and, and wow, to be freed from that was beautiful yeah and um and to be and not only to be freed from that but then also to like want to encourage other ministries and come alongside them Mm -hmm. and support them and and lift them up Mm -hmm. um is is really exciting i think comparison they'll say that comparison is the like that it's a thief of joy like Mm -hmm. it steals joy But I think comparison, when it steals joy, it also steals faith because we begin to believe that not only can we never be that thing, we, Satan takes it further and he's like, not only can you not be like that, but who do you even think that God would even call you? Right. So not only are we stepping back from the thing that God has called us yeah. to, then all of a sudden it becomes a how bad a person we are. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We are just Absolutely. as saved, just as regime, just as called, just as positioned, right. you know? And so we just got to think, okay, God, what do you have for me? This Just today I was talking about that because I just started doing these every Wednesday, um, women Wednesdays, Wednesdays, women in the word. I mean, just something because for me as a teacher, and I'm sure Randy, you feel the same way, but you read something in your scripture and you're like, I've got to tell everybody this. I need to tell everybody. I know what I just read. This is so good. But then like people will think you're weird. So Who trying, cares? I know. It's like trying to figure out how to contain it and how to be organized. And I'm like, okay, I can do this on Wednesday. I'm going to do a Facebook live. But here was, I did something very dangerous. So this morning I, I watched other women. I watched other mm-hmm. women doing what I felt like God had given me the idea for, and I automatically was like, well, I don't have that kind of right. setup. I don't have that kind of lighting. I don't have that kind of mm-hmm. you know special kind of clicker. Mm-hmm. But in the Bible, Jesus never says, tell me what you don't have. He says, tell me what you do have. You bring me what you do have. Yeah. You have the word, a notebook, a pen, and a cup of coffee, and we're gonna change the world. Bam. Do you know yeah, what I mean? And so that's always, we yeah. always gotta find out what do we have, and that's right. what he wants to use. Right. Amen. Well, and trust that He is actually um, working things out always, um, whether or not we, we know it or see not. It. You know, yes. and and I think that's like with this with this radio program, podcast, church ministry, everything. You know, there are so many times where we just we just step out in obedience. Mm-hmm. We say yes. We know what Jesus has done for us, mm-hmm. and we're going to shout it to uh, the mountaintops. And maybe nobody responds, but then maybe one day you get that email yes. where you know 
a person you tells have no you. Idea. Yeah, you really have no mm-hmm. idea. And um, and we're not promised that mm-hmm. we're going to know on this side. Mm-hmm. We just have to say yes. Mm-hmm. You know what my pastor tells so me? So good. Aww. My pastor, Dave, <laughs> tells me, because we always get lousy news. In ministry, you're yes. constantly getting yeah, lousy get news. He said, take the good email and deposit it to your rainy day file. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I've, I have several emails, two of them, 12 years <laughs> ministry. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, pull that out when yeah. you're feeling terrible or you're mm-hmm. feeling like you don't count or you're feeling like you don't yeah. matter. You feel like your ministry is a failure. Pull the email out and mm-hmm. save it, letter, however it comes. Mm-hmm. What a great piece of advice. Well, Your dad's I'm, pretty sharp. Yeah. That's sweet. Abraham Lincoln did that. Abraham Lincoln, um, it says that when he was shot, that um, they looked in the his. I mean, he took a lot of flack, right? Abraham Lincoln. Sure. I mean, he's yeah. coming out and he's taking strong stands. Mm-hmm. And says that when he died, they looked into his breast pocket and there was article clippings that had been written in favor of him and it wow. said that he would take them out and just review them to like somebody thinks I'm not terrible wow. you know and so I think there's value in that mm-hmm. I th- I would and my dad would agree with this but you know um, going to the scriptures we have to keep looking to the scriptures to find our identity mm-hmm. you know because if we put our identity and whether or not we think God has granted us favor into the hands of men we will lose every single time. Yep. Man is so fickle, Ooh. you yes. know? And so I just yep. cannot expect, there was one time recently I spoke in a public place and and I left and I'm like, that was the worst thing. That was so mad, you know? And it, I just felt like it fell flat. And so I called, I called the pastor and I said, I am so sorry if I failed the expectation of whatever mm. you thought I was going to bring at this mm. thing. And they said to me, they said, Jane, it's not like that here. They said, we believe that God gives you a message and you speak the message and you just allow the Holy Spirit to yeah. do the work. You yeah. know, we can't expect this roaring applause every right. time. Right. You know, otherwise, why are we doing it? We're doing it yeah. for the wrong reasons. Right. Yeah, you got it. Well, and I think the other thing, too, when you're talking about looking at Scripture, I think that um, Jesus was, I mean, if you remember from Scripture, everybody loved him and everybody, you know, like, no, I mean he was hated. I'm not sure. I remember um, that part. Yeah, I, I, was, I, mean, I was with you for a second. <laughs> right, <laughs> pretty like sure. Scratch your head it's going, my attempt in humor. Podcast? Sorry. <laughs> oh, we but, hold on. Yeah. But really, yeah. Boo. Um, no. <laughs> but but if you look at all of all of the saints who have gone before us and throughout yes. history, yeah. I mean, especially world changers, mm-hmm. there was the majority of the people were against them yes you know and and i'm always like it is discouraging when when you come up against it's it's discouraging when you come up against opposition Mm -hmm. but if if we're staying the course and we're pressing in to the word we're leaning on the holy spirit for Mm -hmm. our direction we're looking upward and going are you good with this am Mm -hmm. i still on the right track Mm -hmm. um I I sometimes flip it and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we're on the right track because I'm getting opposition. Opposition, sure. I mean, you know, because yeah, you know, I heard one of my favorites, you know, Francis Chan. Um, I was listening to him today, and and um, you know, and he said, I love this. He said, um, the devil doesn't mind when you study God's word. You can study his word all day. Uh-huh. It's when you actually do what it says. When you apply it. Then mm-hmm. he gets a little nervous, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, um, I can study and study and study. Um, but it's when I start actually saying yes and stepping out and opening. Wait a minute, we have to do what it says to? Yeah. That was right next oh. to the part where everybody We're so loves glad Jesus. You're here, Randy. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm bringing some levity to this thing. Yeah, I so understand now. Okay. There so is a there is a um, as a um, a thing that I've just noticed recently, and I was talking about it with Jessica, and we feel like, um, and it's it we feel like there's so many people that 
um, that say they identify with Christ, right? They like are Christians, they call themselves Christians, and that's great, but they really only identify with, you know, hey, Jesus was born, let's celebrate Christmas, and hey, Jesus was died and resurrected, let's celebrate Easter, and let's try to be really good, and like that's the extent of their entire Christian life, and it's just so much more. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our relationship with God is so daily it's yeah. daily you know that that he has a plan for us every single day and so i was other people like well i want to make sure i live to fulfill my purpose and i'm like if i die tomorrow but i did exactly what god had for me today then i fulfilled my purpose you know mm -hmm. my purpose is not when you get that book finally published or when you get that you know that speaking engagement that has twenty thousand people and you is that when i've arrived that's not when i've mm -hmm. arrived i only arrive every single day i arrive every single day if i love my children and i love my husband and love i serve god that's that's, that's mm -hmm. then i can die mm -hmm. tomorrow and i have fulfilled my purpose because my days are in the lord's hands and right. so we just always gotta stop living in the future you mm -hmm. know what i mean but mm -hmm. what do you have for me today god has for right us today yeah good. i've been actually hearing that a lot too you know just um in my quiet time like be present yes be present because and i think you and i talked about this the other day like you know always because i just came off of a big spiritual mountaintop experience and um coming down from that mountaintop and mm -hmm. getting back into the mundane and how it's like oh um <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean I can i speak and, to that yeah <laughs> of course okay so i'm a little older than you two mm -hmm. and i don't want to hear anything about this okay? okay it is what it is but i think the longer that you walk with jesus the more that you have experienced traveling and, and doing all the things that we do mm -hmm. and going all the amazing places i think it comes a point my highs are never that high anymore mm -hmm. they're just not i mean once you're really wowed by jesus there's really not a whole lot else that you can be wowed by when you're really walking Mm -hmm. with him daily hourly mm -hmm. minutely whatever mm -hmm. to me um, our trip to rome i walked where and i really would have thought 10 15 20 years ago i think that would have profoundly moved me spiritually mm -hmm. i mean it probably would have been i'd have been levitating coming home i would mm -hmm. think mm -hmm. i gotta be honest i sat right in front of where paul apparently was in prison mm -hmm. walked on the same roads that paul would have literally walked on mm -hmm. went to the mm -hmm. forum where he was and i'm uh it was non um as much it uh, didn't move me as much as i thought it would right. and i think it's because of my maturity my maturity in christ mm -hmm. i'm not saying i'm super mature and i've but i've let those i press on mm -hmm. to grab a hold of the next thing he has right, for him right, and i'm right. thinking um so for me at this point in my walk to your point um it's jesus mm -hmm. you know but the cool thing about that even though uh, my mountaintops may not be like that my withdrawal from the mountaintop into the valley, I don't go it's as deep. It's not as deep. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's just a little well, more. And, and I think it is you know, part of that the the journey and the maturity part too is is bringing. I mean, because obviously, if you're in a space with a thousand people who are just crazy on fire for Jesus, and all you're doing is focusing, mm -hmm. you know, um, that's going to rejuvenate you. It's mm -hmm. it's bringing that back into mm -hmm. the mundane, you know, mm -hmm. bringing it back into the daily grind, mm -hmm. and and you know, I, I think that. To, kind of to your point that you were talking about earlier, um, like we have these visions for all these great ministry things, but honestly, I think that love is the most important thing, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and the word speaks of that more than anything else. The word doesn't speak about big ministries. The word doesn't speak. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I mean, again, looking at so Jesus's example, so good. I mean, yeah. he had these masses of people because he fed them. Mm -hmm. But then when he talked about the hard teachings, everybody left, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I would rather go deeper mm -hmm. instead of wider, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but, and, and, and again, I think love is just at the center of that. I think that, 
um, if we can if we can love like Jesus loves and see like Jesus sees, I mean, really walking in the Spirit, it doesn't matter if I do a podcast or if I lead worship yeah. or it, I mean. Really, when it all comes down to it, I'm mm-hmm. not going to get like, "Oh, you were that worship leader at mm-hmm. Misfits." No, you mm-hmm. loved that one None unlovable that person. <laughs> no, you loved that unlovable person. You yeah. know, the person that everybody else walked past. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe that's how it's going to be. We're talking with Jane Patton. What a great conversation! Wow. Yes, it's good. And Jesus is always a good conversation. Yeah, no he's doubt. always good. No doubt. Randy had to step out, you know, because he's got, you know important things to do yeah holy things holy things he's holy he's got holy things to do <laughs> we're so scandalous cool that he could he could come and, and visit with us so so i want to know just a little bit about your journey okay um this show's called the journey of a misfit and i would say you're a misfit because mm-hmm. we all are yes um so what tell me a little bit about your journey and and i mean you already said that your dad was a pastor yeah but i'm sure you that know it's it funny to me all that yeah <laughs> so it's funny to me i have i have always struggled to share my testimony always um and i have been asked probably four times in the last year to mm-hmm. to share my testimony and i'm always like why can't we just talk about jesus and ah. like gideon or jonah or david or you know let's talk about somebody else and yet i know the scripture says that satan is defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony and I've, I've always struggled to share my testimony because it, for me it carries so much shame. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I know Jesus took my shame. And, but, but to be able to, even at 44 years of age, I still carry the regret um, of the decisions that I've made. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to get braver in sharing my story in order to give glory to God. Okay. Um, not, not um, you know, shameful things are shameful. You know, you just wish that you'd never done that. But, but, but it's even just now where I'm even getting comfortable sharing some of the stuff because I just hate it. Do you know what I mean? I don't think mm-hmm. anybody who knows the degree to which they've been forgiven delights in the sin. They delight in their forgiveness. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know. Absolutely. But anyway, so just very top line. <clears throat> I was raised the daughter of a Southern Baptist minister and my parents loved me and I love my, I love them and I didn't know any different. My whole life revolved around church. I mean, my mm-hmm. whole social life was church. We went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, my youth group were my friends. It just was, I had two friends um, that I think were Christian in school. I went to a public school in Wentzville. I'm at homegrown. I know everybody, you know, and so when I went to college, my father and mother had gotten married at 19 and my brother had gotten married at 19 and I just thought that I had to be married at 19. 19, and if I wasn't married by 19, then I had failed. And I'd, I would not tell you that my parents had taught me that, but it's the culture in which you're grown up right. in. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we begin to believe things that are normal in the environment. And that, and that plays out in all kinds of situations, yeah, you know, but in mine, it was young marriage was a, I was a goal. Mm. And so I went to college my freshman year and wasn't married and thought, what am I going to do? And my parents were moving to Hawaii and what 19 year old kid isn't going to go to Hawaii, you know? So I moved there and it's getting really close to being 20 or I was closer to being 19 and I had no hopes of getting married. And so I was beginning to panic. I found a young Marine because Hawaii has tons of military uh, personnel there and he was cute and he was available and we got married like six months shy of me turning 21. So I mean, very, very quickly. Uh, he ended up getting discharged normally, just served his time, and we came back to Missouri. And um, it, we were married 16 months, and uh, he, he found somebody else that he wanted to be with more, and mm. it crushed me. I mean, it just yeah. because everything that I thought was supposed to happen didn't happen anymore. And I think that 
when he cheated on me, it and uh, and I saw it. So I walked in on oh. a situation, oh. and it was um, it was devastating because it wasn't just the devastating of the betrayal. It was everything I thought about being a good Christian girl shattered. Like, I really believed if I was a good girl, then good things would happen to me. Mm-hmm. And we teach that in churches, right? I mean, mm-hmm. blessings follow, you know, and, you know, good. God's going to bless your life. And, you know, and we try to be good and we follow the Ten Commandments, but that's not how it works. Like, right. like God blesses and we're grateful for the blessings, but man still sins. And I did not separate the two. I really blamed God okay. um, for allowing these things to happen to me. We ended up separating. My parents were still in Hawaii. So here I am, 21 years of age. I don't have a college education. I don't have any way to support myself I don't I mean it was terrible Um, but because I had gone to Southwest Baptist University right out of college Missouri Baptist University um, was hiring I went to I thought well I'll go back and get my education they were hiring I ended up working for them and paid for my schooling so I got an education I mean God just like really like Mm -hmm. led the way but my heart my heart was so broken and I decided in my heart even when I was working for for a Christian university that God worked for some, but He didn't work for everybody. Mm. And I just turned my back on God and all things religion. But I think because I grew up, and I still struggle with this, to be honest with you, I still struggle with being vulnerable with people. I would okay. rather have 500 people in front of me than one. One okay. makes me very anxious. I think, I don't know what you want from me. What do you want to talk about? It just, just right. is. Yeah. <clears throat> but but I became very good at wearing a mask, you know, because mm. I would go to church sometimes, and I would make people think that I had my act together, right. you know, and, and then at night, I just did everything to make myself not feel lonely. Yeah. Um, and so, so because of that, um, and then and then time passed, and it was it was like that for a couple of years. I told my son this today. I said, um, we do things that we know aren't right, and we do things with other people that can even call themselves Christians, and we still know it's not right. But we are the only ones left with the consequences of our choices. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we can go out and sin, and we can do whatever the world's doing, but nobody is waking up with us that next morning with our own broken consciousness and our mm-hmm. own broken yeah. souls and our own regrets. It's us. Yeah. So do we really want to continue doing that? Right. You know, I mean, it was, oh, it was, I was a mess. So time went on and I went, there was a bar, country radio bar. I'm sure everybody's familiar with it. If you've been around any period of time, there's a place called In Cahoots. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so my husband <laughs> and I met there. There's quite a few Valerie stories there <laughs> too. In Cahoots. Yeah. So that was a place, it's now a church. And yes, I always joke is. with people that we, we met at church. You know, we tell our kids, we met at that church. Yeah. That's but my right. kids are older now. And so they're like, no, you didn't. It was a bar. Right. So anyway, we met there and um, about six months into marrying Mike, I was, or I'm sorry, about six months into that, I was like, we need to get married because the sin had just caught up with my heart, mm-hmm. you know, and I just was so depressed. And so anyway, I gave my, uh, I, I convinced him to marry me and we went to Justice of the Peace and decided that wasn't really wanting to do it. So I called my dad. My dad's a pastor. He went to his house and he married us on a Sunday in his house. It was very simple and small, but I I kept thinking if I can just fix my stuff, if I can just fix this, then then it'll be okay. I won't feel this bad anymore. But you can't fix your own stuff. You can't because it's not just bad actions or immorality. It's sin. Sin. It is sin. And when you recognize your wicked actions mm-hmm. for what they are, sin against God, yeah. then that's the only, you have to, it, only Jesus can heal you. Only Jesus can forgive you. Only Jesus can clean you. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. cleanse you or whatever word yeah. you want to use. He's the only one who can do that. And so I needed to get to Jesus. But it's about six months after I married Mike, I realized that I just made another bad decision. Like, why in the world did I do this? Why did I marry him? And 
it was terrible. And so I, I was laying up, sitting upstairs in my apartment, and I thought, I'm either going to kill myself or because it was that bad. It was, I thought, why in the world did I do this? Because now I have somebody who wants to know where I am every minute of the hour of the day. And so anyway, I opened up my Bible. I, I just opened up my Bible on my bed, and I didn't even know how to pray. I didn't know anything. I just knew that somehow that book meant more to other people than it ever did to me. And there were two people that I knew had real joy and real happiness. And they caught their idea of Christianity was so different than mine. My idea of Christianity was just trying to be a good girl. But their idea of Christianity was a relationship with God, their creator, who's talking to them and and they're talking to him and they still went through bad things in their life and yet they were secure. I had no security. I was not at peace. I was not at rest. Mm -hmm. I was sad all the time, you know, and I couldn't fix it. I just couldn't fix it. I couldn't fix it. And so I opened up my Bible and I, again, I didn't even know how to pray, but I'm like, God, this was, this was literally my prayer coming to Jesus. I opened up my Bible and I said, God, I don't even know what it is they have, but whatever it is they have, I want. Would you just give that to me? And it is as though I heard the Holy Spirit, and I don't hear his audible voice, but he speaks to us. Yes, he does. And the Holy Spirit, he just spoke in my heart, and he said, welcome home. Mm. And the battle was over. Wow. It was in my heart. It was over. It was over. And I began to pour my life into women's mm. ministry and Bible studies and conferences. And yeah. like, that's what I was saying before, that when your life has been changed by something, you think this is going to change everybody's life, you know, that I don't know if it will. I don't know right. if our conferences will, but my life was so transformed mm. by Jesus and, and a relationship with God the Father, mm. what, through what Jesus did on the cross, and through the Holy Spirit who lives in me now, it changed everything. Yeah. And so that launched ministry, that launched prison ministry, that launched, wow. I just want to spend the rest of my life telling people about Jesus. That's, That's awesome. it. That's awesome. Well, gosh, your story is incredible, incredible, incredible. I would love to have you stay. Sorry. It's <laughs> so long. <laughs> it's okay. No, this is great. Wow. So here's what I want you to do. I just want you to just say a word of encouragement to anyone who might be, maybe there's maybe their story's a little bit like yours. You know, there's freedom when we begin to share our story because the other mm-hmm. people connect and they get freedom when they hear your stories. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's somebody that's listening that's that's walked kind of the same journey. What word of encouragement do you have for them today? I think surrender is a word that constantly, I constantly have to learn um, that I would want you to know I just could cry. I want you to know that Jesus sees you Mm. and that he loves you and that he can fix it. Like, whatever you think it is, that thing you think that he can't fix, he can fix it. And he can do it in ways you can't imagine. What we have to do is stop trying to tell God. I always tell people that God is a God of third options. He, we look at things and we think it either has to be this or it has to be this. And God's like, you, you have no idea what I want to do in this situation. Yeah. You know, like when, when Joseph found out about Mary being pregnant, his two options were to put her away quietly or she could be stoned. And the angel of the Lord showed up and was like, no, you're going to marry that girl. Mm-hmm. You know, when the Egyptian, when the Israelites were coming up against the Red Sea and the Egyptians were coming down their back, they were like, we're going to get slaughtered by the Egyptians or we're going to drown in the Red Sea. And the Lord's like, hold it. I'm going to open this Red Sea. Yeah. And I think that we need to get to the place where we have got to stop trying to figure it out ourselves. Oh, yeah, and know that God has an answer. We just need to surrender control of it. it and he's trustworthy. Yes. He's trustworthy. We he think surrender good. control, like, yes. what am I going to do with that? He can be trusted. God can be trusted. Yes. And so just trust him. Just surrender it 
and trust him and you will see the miraculous. And I'm gonna say this one last thing and then I swear I'm done, I promise, I promise. Here's what I wanna say, is that God is relational. He's relational. He wants you to experience him more than than just know about him. You and I were talking before that we think if we just study the word, study the word, study the word, Satan doesn't care if you're just studying the Bible. It's when you act on it. Mm -hmm. He doesn't care that you know about God. Satan knows about God. Mm -hmm. Demons know who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. But when we put our trust and our faith yes. in them, yes. you watch out because yeah. miracles will happen. Yeah. Miracles will happen because that's what God's in the business of doing that's and I'm right. convinced of it. All right, guys, listen, I say it every week. Jesus is crazy about you. Be encouraged, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Jane. How can I not be charged when your spirit's in this place?